Sometimes we're put in situations where we're forced to learn about ourselves in a way that we didn't expect. Our strength is tested, our view of the world, and what's important to us is put to the test. For my guest today, Ryan Ubre, deciding to get married at first sight not only showed him what he wants in a partner, but most importantly, what matters most to him, including culture and race. You're listening to We Need to Talk. So you Ryan Ubre, thank you so much for being on We Need to Talk. I'm excited to chat with you. Of course. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, people obviously know you from being on season 12 of Married at First Sight. And I've been watching the show for many years with my mom. And I really appreciated watching your journey on Married at First Sight. But I also loved the conversation that you started after the show. But one of the things that I really loved was how unapologetic you were about your race and your faith, which are two things that are really, really important to me in my life and just how I was brought up and the conversations that I had in my household as well. But I would love to know, prior to you being on Married at First Sight, how often did those types of conversations come up in other relationships that you were in? And is that one of the reasons that led you to want to be on that show? Um, yeah, it's, it's, there's multiple layers to that, to that question. I would definitely say, you know, prior to going on the show, you have this aspect of dating, right? So you get to meet the person, whether that be in a social setting, you know, I don't know, however you meet people today, whether, you know, social settings, casually, whatever that may be. So you kind of have like this introduction period where you're kind of like texting and like understanding each other and like, kind of like feeling each other out. And I think the thing that like can't be overstated in a scenario like married at first sight is that you don't get that. And of course you, you, you know mm-hmm. that, that, that you don't get that going into the show. Right. Right. So a lot of the, the weight of the, you know, the person that, that you get matched with is, is on the matchmakers themselves. And so not to like, you know, necessarily put the blame or like say it's your fault. Um, all of that, like introductory period that you get, you, you don't necessarily get that, you know, you, you, try to uh, talk through, you know, personally and professionally and all these different things that, you know, go into a relationship. But, you know, prior to going on the show, it's like one of the biggest questions I get, what did you do prior to the show? I, I, I dated, I got to know somebody before, you know, in this case, we got married, but like before, you know, you make, you make the, the commitment of, you know, being boyfriend and girlfriend and the next steps and, and mm-hmm. all those different things. So that's probably like, I think that's one of the toughest aspects of like looking back yeah. and like reflecting on the show is you're trying to describe something that you necessarily haven't experienced before, but you're trying to describe it the best you can. And at the end of the day, you're putting your hopes on other people. Um, yeah. Just to take it a step further, like I think about, I think about the show like Love is Blind. I haven't seen, I saw the first season. I haven't seen the new one that just came out. But like mm-hmm. in that aspect, you kind of get to go through a dating period, so to speak. Like obviously you can't physically see For them. sure. But you can talk through things. You can say, hey, how do I feel about this? Hey, how do I feel about this? And you can, you know, hear their responses and talk through those things. And, you know, obviously that's a completely different show. And I'm sure yeah, there, there, yeah. Are, there are things that happen behind the scenes. Um, but in, in a general premise of just having a conversation and getting to know, know somebody, you know, that, that's, that's a big aspect that is very different on, you know, Married at First Sight. 
And, you know, one of the things that I kind of felt like they beat to death on the show, specifically with you, was this they're constantly bringing up that you had never said I love you or been in love, right? And so I'm curious if reflecting on the past relationships that you've had where you haven't had that feeling or haven't fallen in love, was it because of there being a lack of awareness and understanding regarding your race and your faith? Yeah, it's it's a good question. Um, it's actually like a question that I've kind of talked through with myself a lot. I personally don't believe so. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, like a lot of the self-reflection on like the aspect of love and like what does love mean? Have I been in love before? Like I'll give myself this feedback all day. I'm not the most vulnerable person in the world. Um, I think it takes a lot to like break me down and like truly mm-hmm. like get to know who Ryan is. Um because yeah, I would I would definitely say like from a vulnerability standpoint, I don't think I don't think it's necessarily so focused on faith and like race. I think that's a huge part of who I am. Please don't get me wrong in that, For in sure. that aspect. Um, but I think that the the you know I I I'm slow to trust. Yeah, I'll say it. I, I'm very very slow to trust, and it takes a second to break me down. And even in like the process of like a two month process, like the show is, that's. I'm gonna tell you right now, just it's it's to to get to truly understand me. You're you're you're. I don't think anybody could do that in two months, personally. Yeah, just kind of following up with you saying that you're slow to trust. How much of that is actually derived from your racial background? Because I know being a black woman in America, that specifically does kind of guide my trust with people. Specifically, if I do have, you know, more white friends and I'm in an interracial relationship as well. I've been with my husband for 12 years at this point. We've been married for 10. But for a lot of specifically white people that do come into my life, there is a level of, okay, it is going to take me some time to trust you just based on history. And how much of that plays a factor in your life? Man, that's a really good question. That's, that's a really good question. <laughs> I, I would like, I would have to like think through that a little bit, but I, I like, I understand what you're saying. Cause like there is this aspect of like, you kind of ask the question of, do you truly understand and, and know that they, they will, they will, you know, People who don't experience that every day won't understand. But do you truly understand the impact of what that means to society yeah. every single day? Like you can't yeah. turn you can't turn off being black. Like you can have as many non-black friends as you want, but that doesn't turn you like you, you don't stop being black. Like if I get you know pulled over by the cops, they're not going to say how many white friends do you have. So right. <laughs> like they're not going to ask me that. Like are you are you who are you married to? They're not going to ask me. That. They're just going to see a black person. They're not going to know any background yeah. of who I am. Um, so I would definitely say that there, there. I haven't. I don't think I've ever vocalized that in that way. But you, you bring up a good aspect of like there is this, this, just kind of like, I wouldn't call it distrust. That's probably a little too far. But there's this aspect of like, hey, when we walk into a room or we walk into a social setting, like, do you understand the dynamics that are at play? And yeah. That's, that's not even only. That's not just with like, r- like romantic relationships and like spouses, and that's like with friends. You know, like. That's, that's yeah, for sure. That crosses into like professional world as well. Like that that is that is all aspects. And again, like back to what I previously said, that doesn't stop. Like you don't get a break from that. Um, so yeah. I would de- I would definitely say you worded it really well. I think that that mm-hmm. that definitely is there um, when you're when you're forming. Again, that could be romantic. Yeah. That could be personal. That could be professional. Th- those thoughts are there without a yeah. Doubt. 
Absolutely. And it's, yeah, it's like you said, you can't turn it off. And even if we don't want to have that, it's always kind of in the back of our mind because we as black people do have to kind of go through this mental gymnastics and this checklist of every situation that we're in. It's like, okay, are we going to talk the right way? Are we going to be viewed this way? Or what do we have to do to make sure that other people feel comfortable and so on and so forth? I mean, people don't really don't realize that it's a long checklist that we have to go through. Something that you just made me think of as well, you know, I've got a close group of friends, a lot of them are, are white, and we went on uh, a vacation probably actually two years ago, like literally right at the beginning of COVID. We were in Europe when the travel ban, you know, got announced That's mm-hmm. for, for another time. Um, but I remember, you know, coming back, that was the summer of George Floyd and, you know, a lot of the racial reckoning that's happening right now in the United States and really just across the world. Um, but I remember, you know, we sat down and kind of had that conversation and talked through like what's going on and, you know, viewpoints. And I remember talking through like my point of view with my friends and being like, do you all like, you know, on this vacation before we left, like I looked up the, the racial dynamics of, of Ireland. Cause that's a place that we went, like mm. are, are black people there? Do they, how do they feel about black people? Like what are places that I, we probably shouldn't go. We went to Hungary and I'm, and I'm looking up the same things. And these are things that I've never probably really expressed. But that, that, those are things, as you're saying, those, those like mental gymnastics that probably your friends, you know, that are not black or just even of color think about. But those are things that are constantly on my mind yes. um, and kind of attribute to what you're talking about of like you're, you're always on. There's never like a, a break from it. Absolutely. It's yeah. funny that you do that because I do that anytime my husband wants to go on a trip somewhere. I'm like Googling, what is the black demographic there? How are they treated? You know, and that does. And he's fully understanding. I mean, we have those meaningful conversations about that because he knows that my experience is very, very different. And that's something that he will never have to experience as a white man. He just never will. So um, it's very been very important to me in our journey that he does understand that. And for you, when you are going down this journey of finding your life partner, what aspects of, other than that, what we just talked about, what other aspects of your culture and your race and your faith are really the most meaningful for you to share and for your, have your life partner understand? Uh, that you're, you're on about the questions. These are great questions. Um, <laughs> I would say, um, something that I definitely learned a part of the show there's a lot of things that I learned, but something that's really stood out to me from a, from a faith perspective is specifically when you talk about like Christianity is understanding the power of not just Christianity, but just, just organized religion um, into, in today's society and the power that that has and to understand how many people are like hurt and like, and broken for, for a better term by religion. And so, mm. you know, something that was, that was, you know, obviously important for my life partner, but just even learning, going through this experience, obviously, you know, both my parents are ordained ministers. They, they haven't actively, you know, preached in a, in a, a church in a couple of years. Um, but uh, understanding like just people knowing that about me and knowing that, Hey, yeah. I do, you know, I'm, I'm a believer in Christianity of like, I don't say what that comes with, but like what outside perspective of that is and how people automatically kind of like stereotype and like put you in this in this in this bucket and i I would even say like rightfully so like it doesn't hurt my feelings because i look back and i see like how many different uh marginalized groups have been like hurt by organized religion um i read a book right right here lecrae wrote a book that was how i how i lost my religion and found my faith and Mm. it talks about like the importance of it really 
I mean, I could talk about that book all day, but if there's something really specific that I took away again, to bring it back to your question of getting to know me and what's important to me is like really like understanding the, the, the breakdown of like John three sixteen. you know, like for so long in my life, I looked at that almost like as like a condemnation a little bit. Not, and that might be a strong word, but like God did this. So like I, I'm indebted and I like, Oh God, like if I mess up, like I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be struck down by lightning, like right there. And that's kind of like that old Testament, you know, Southern Baptist way of like growing up, but it's almost like you're like in fear for a long time. And in really like, in like reading that book, it's like, no, this is like the ultimate like sign of love that like God is showing us. Yeah. And that, and that yeah. like, we get, we get grace and new mercies every single day. And, and that, that goes for everybody that goes for both you and I, that goes for believer, non-believer. And so like really understanding like that, 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 uh, that reckoning with, with that scripture and just what religion and not even, I wouldn't even say religion. Cause I try to say that I, I'm correcting myself. I'm like, I'm not a religious person. I'm a faith-based person. Um, yes, yes, and, yes. And really knowing what that means to like others, like that's like really, really important to me. And, and that's something that I really, um, heart, I wouldn't say harped on, but like really was reaffirmed in, in this journey of going on this, uh, going on the show and, and, uh, and learning like, what, what do you want in a partner and what's important in a partner as well? Yeah. Um, and it's not even like, I take, like, I, I don't mean that like in the way of like, I disagree or say this is right or this is wrong, but I know what's important to me because like back to the original question that you asked, uh, um, you know, like what, what do you have to have? Or like, what did you look for? Like, there are foundational things that you, you had when you were, you know, when you were looking for your husband, there are foundational things that, that I have. And you can't really move off of those different things. Like, don't get me wrong. Right. I was like ready to talk about folding clothes and, you know, like, I don't know, <laughs> running the dishwasher and stuff like that. Those are, like, those are things right. that I, I expected. But like, when you talk about like your non-negotiables, like those are the things that, you know, I respect everybody's beliefs. There's no right, right or wrong. There's right or wrong for you, for I sure. would say. You like blue, I like green. Nobody's right or wrong. That's just your personal belief. But I know for me, this is like foundationally where I have to be. So, Absolutely. You know, reflecting on your time on Married at First Sight, when you're talking about, you know, faith and race, but even at the time when you guys were filming the show, a lot had happened in the country in regards to race relations, right? So, were any of the conversations that you had with your castmates, did any of it center around race relations that we didn't see on camera? And what were those conversations like? Because you all did come from different walks of life and different experiences. So I'm curious as being one of the black males on the show, what it was like to have to have those conversations with so many people that probably were just unaware or just, you know, as nicely as I can put it, ignorant to what it really felt like to be on the other side of that. It's, it, it's, it's tough. Uh, there's two sides of it. You know, I, those conversations definitely did happen. Um, I would say the majority of them are probably off camera. Um, you know, I won't go into like details, but I, I had some great conversations with, I know Jake and I had some great one-on-one uh, conversations mm-hmm. just of him. Like, Hey man, I see people commenting this a lot. Is this really what you get? And it's like, yeah, dude, let's talk about it. And, you know, there was, I'm probably, I mean, I talked to Vinny probably the most still, we keep in contact uh, pretty good, but I remember Vinny and Bree came over to the house um, and we had a great conversation just with like Bree and her background and where she comes from and all those different types of things. So those, those conversations, you know, they're, they're happening and you're also thinking, I, I, for me, I'm just, uh, you know, my brain is constantly going and I'm always trying to think two steps ahead as Bruce has said, and you're always, you know, thinking about 
I hate to say it, but how 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 is this going to be portrayed? Because it is a sensitive time in the country. It, it is, you know. Right. Uh, uh, I was having a conversation the other day with my brother about people rather uh, rather run away from the term being called racist as opposed to like doing the work to like talk about it. You know, it's like it's like a yeah, and to be anti-racist <laughs> and, and to be yeah, whew, big facts. And so it's almost like people are so scared of being called racist that they don't want to do the work of like, how did my actions affect another person? And so like, I get that to a certain extent because we, we do live in this, you know, very much like this is the one statement you made. It's flat, it's blanket. You said it, you need to own it. Uh, But there's also an aspect in my opinion uh, where it's a time for people to learn and we have to give people grace in learning. And so for me to like answer your specific uh, question, you know, I, I, I think, uh, you know, I think I'm a decent judge of character and I can tell when somebody is just maybe not maybe aware of how their statements are affecting somebody, but that's not mm-hmm. truly who, who they are in their heart. And so for me, like, right. it's tough because you have this, you have this like that on your head, like internally for me, at least it's like, I got two options. I can, I can literally put this person on blast and I can let a reality TV show speak for them and, and say, why did, why did this, 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 and this happen? Um, but for me, like that probably wasn't like the right thing in my heart. Um, I rather, I rather use a different platform and a different, uh, avenue to have that conversation because I will say, you know, uh, statements are made to get people to watch the show, not maybe necessarily to entice the best conversation in the world. And so for me, that, that wouldn't be the right way in my heart to have that conversation specifically for somebody that I feel like I know who they are as a person. And that's not. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I mean, at the end of the day, we do know it's reality TV and things are edited and changed and producers are, you know, for lack of a better word, they're shit starters, right? (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, so we, we, we know, we know. And, but that did kind of go into my question of, did you ever feel that having those conversations, whether it was with your castmates or with Clara on national TV might have been an opportunity to create conversations outside of the show for people that are watching that may be, you know, ignorant in terms of race relations or may be ignorant in, in certain aspects. Did you, did you, that ever cross your mind as well? Oh, without a doubt, uh, 110%. Um, if there is something that I like really not t- took for granted in that sense, I knew the power in that sense, but just like little stuff that happens in marriage. Like if there's, there's something that's really cool that happens all the time, like, you know, people recognize me out and about and, uh, I remember one time I was randomly, I was at a, this was probably two months ago. I was at a winery up in North Georgia, like two hours away from Atlanta. And this old couple comes up to me and they're like, Oh my gosh, when this happened on the show, we talked through this and we had this conversation and it was so great, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like that's some of the coolest stuff in the world. When I'm like, yeah. Oh man, like, I know that that kind of, you know, that was a tough conversation for me, but I'm glad that like you learned something from it. And so it's like to bring for it sure. back to that point, you, you do have this back and forth where it's like, if I had that conversation, do I have that conversation at someone else's demise so more people can learn? Like it's tough. It's it's very it's it's tough. It's this back and forth of um, creating ownership for somebody else to learn or to to you know I don't know put a tough statement in somebody's mouth for 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 other people to learn from. It's tough. It's very very tough. Yeah, absolutely. Were you? 
Well, first of all, did you ever see the show? I'm assuming you saw the show before you were on it, so you knew something about it or not at all? Uh, I had I had not seen the show until I was contacted about it. I did watch, um, I think the Charlotte season was on Netflix, and okay. then I did watch that one, and then New Orleans was like airing as we were filming. So those are the two seasons. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Were you ever concerned about the portrayal of blackness on the show as a black man? Because I know, obviously, you were on the season with Chris, and yeah. that was a, a lot going on in that season, right? But as a black woman, I'm obviously always watching things through a black lens, and I'm always so gravely concerned on how our community is portrayed in reality TV versus what might actually be happening. And so I'm just curious, as someone who lived through that, was that ever a concern for you? Uh, again, great question. Uh, yes, it, it was because in our season, that's the only like black couple, you know, like both, both, both spouses are black. And so in that season that, you know, you look at New Orleans and, you know, hashtag black love with Woody Namani and Miles and Karen, these great representations of what it is. Um, and it's tough because you, you, you go into the show not expecting that or expecting, you know, what is, what has transpired. And that's the only representation as you move from season 11 to season 12. That that, it is important. That's I I come from that. Both my parents are black. So like, I I understand the importance of, of seeing strong, strong men and women in a relationship, both supporting each other and seeing and knowing how important that is to the community. So it, uh, going into the show, it was not a concern, but then like seeing it play out, I was like, yeah, it's, it's a tough look. Yeah, it is. It's just, it's frustrating. And some, obviously I, I watched you and didn't know how to fix it. I couldn't fix it. But I'm just always curious. That, and that's the other thing when we go back to what people have to think about and what they don't have to think about. We always have to think about what is going to negatively impact or influence how people view our community because we're already up against so much as a whole. So I'm always like, please, please just show black people in a positive light because it's only going to taint people's perception of us in general because we're already fighting so much. So, yeah, I it, it was frustrating for me for sure. You're spot on. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, obviously fans of the show know that your marriage did end in a divorce, but I have to say that your public statement on Instagram was so beautifully and eloquently written and it was so maturely handled. And I loved everything that you said, which is one of the reasons why I reached out to you in the first place. But one of the things that you said that really stood with me was that it's possible all too often to not be racist and just be completely unaware. And I think that goes back to some of the other things that we were saying as well. But when you make that statement and you're speaking of lack of awareness, what are you specifically speaking about in regards to the black community? Yeah, I, I would. It, it, it's it's so it's so tough to describe because um, well actually no it's not tough to describe. Ra- racism you know has changed shape and form. When I when I talk you know to my dad when I talk to my grandmother like you know, I talk to my my dad about seeing the the KKK march in Shreveport Louisiana like I talk to my grandmother about a time when. Uh, she she had to go to a different bathroom and you know colors only and whites only like the, 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 mm. this isn't that far removed. But the thing yeah. is, as people become in tuned and changes happen, 
racism just changes like shapes and forms. So, you know, racists aren't like meeting at Stone Mountain. Well, I, don't, I hope they aren't, uh, but they're like not meeting at Stone Mountain in like the, you know, wearing the white cloths and all these things like loud and proud. Yeah. Like racism happens yeah. very, very subtly nowadays. It's when you're walking on the street and like, you know, somebody like grabs their purse or they like switch sides of the street because you're there. Or, you know, like when when you talk to somebody on the phone and you meet them in person, they say, oh, you don't look like what I thought you'd look like. You know, so these are mm. th- these are these are different ways that that racism has changed. It's just it's just very subtle now or it tries to it tries to you know conceal itself a little bit more. And sometimes it doesn't. You know, some things are just very still are, are overt and in our faces. Absolutely. Um, so when I make the statement, which people like, are some are still surprised by, like still surprised. there is so much overt racism. People are like, "What? That was said to you?" Like, yes, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter that it's 2022. There's some real, real racist people still out there, and it's being passed down from generation to generation. Still, without a doubt. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just had to say that because I, I'm always surprised that people are surprised. Yes. No. You you hit the nail on the head. It's it is it is surprising when I'm like, "Hey, this happened." And it's like, did that really happen? It's 2022. Like, yes. So, like, that person posting a black square on Instagram doesn't mean anything. So yeah. <laughs> you just you just completely negated that. So anyway, um, when I when I say it that way, um, is I really think about. I just got done reading the book uh, "Nice Racism," which is the same uh, uh, woman that wrote "White Privilege," and it talks about. Mm. Uh, in, in our niceties and our kindness that we end up uh, still slighting people and just unintentionally doing it. And that's some of the, that's some of the yeah. toughest stuff to like, I don't want to say like teach, like I'm not teaching people, but, but when I, when I address it or when I say like, Hey, when, when this happened, this was actually racist. This is rooted in racism. You saying, yeah. Hey, like, what do you want? Like chicken to eat? Like those things are like rooted in racism. So it sounds very subtle to you. And it sounds like a no big deal type thing. Um, but those are rooted in racism. So some of those statements, uh, it, it's tough. Like it's such a, I don't want to say it's a case-by-case scenario, like racism is racism. But in, in some of those instances, people are just blindly ignorant. And like the author of the book, when she's talking about nice racism, she's just blindly ignorant. I don't think she's intentionally trying to offend people. Um, but when, when, when you break it down, you have to show people like, hey, I understand that that didn't, you know, that didn't culturally connect with you, but that was very rooted and sensitive. That happens all the time. And so um, that's kind of where my, my, my statement comes from that. Like, I don't think anything intentionally was done. Um, I don't think that individual is a racist. Um, but I think that there were things that happened that, that were spikes to the black community that uh, you're married to somebody black, you need to be aware of. That's probably the best way to say yeah. that. that makes sense. You know, obviously being put under the lens publicly on national TV is a very vulnerable place to be. It's tough. I can't even imagine how many hours you actually had cameras on you. And, you know, it's tough. And reality is the TV is not for me whatsoever, Um, like in terms of being on it. I just couldn't do it. But through the process of being (laughs) through the process of being on the show, what do you feel like you learned about yourself in terms of now moving forward to find another life partner, but also just about being black? Uh, the first thing I would say is I'm not, I, I, I knew who I was on the show, but if there was any question about that, like I'm, I'm solidified in, in who mm-hmm. I am and what's, in, what's important to me in life. Um, I used to tell my friends like all the time, like, you know, they're like, hey, like these comments get made and this happens. It's like anything 
it's kind of funny, like, it, uh, what's the right way to say it? And, like, reality TV, like, anything that, like, you got made fun of or, like, joked about, like, in your, like, elementary, middle school, high school days, like, it's just amplified, like, for a world stage. Like, anything that's been said to me, like, nothing, mm. nothing is new in that way. But if there's yeah. anything, it's, it's, it's reaffirmed, like, what I believe in and, and who I am as a person. Um, I don't think that there's anything that can really, like, not, knock me off of those things. Um, from like a from like a partner perspective, I definitely uh, have learned a lot about myself on what's important to me uh, in a relationship. Um, I think at the end of the day, we're all seeking to be understood by by our partner. I yeah. think that there's there's nothing more like attractive than that. And like you know who I am, not almost to the point of like you could guess my next move, and that that creepily, but you get what I'm saying there. Like you you truly yeah yeah. You, 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 you know, you, you know, you know, my heart, um, you know, what makes me laugh, you know, what makes me cry, um, you know, my deepest, darkest secrets, you know, my biggest wins, you know, my biggest losses in, in life. And I think like that understanding, that mental connection is like, it's, it's, it's something that I crave for in my, in my, uh, in my next relationship, you know, like the physical stuff's like important, like don't get, don't get me wrong, there needs to be a physical attraction, but like just the, sure. the, the ability to be understood is probably one of the biggest, biggest things. And then I think you asked, uh, like as a black man in America, it was the aspect, mm-hmm. uh, other aspect of it. Um, I think, uh, I'm a big, I'm a big sports guy. Um, so like, I look up to a lot of guys like LeBron James or like even in like a political realm, like a Barack Obama, um, just like strong black men that I feel like on a daily, especially the way that the Lakers are playing right now. I don't know if you watch a lot of sports, but like the things <laughs> that just get thrown at them all day, all day, like every single day, like you represent a lot more than yourself. You really, really do. Mm, I represent, I represent yeah. my parents. I represent, um, you know, I don't mean it boastfully, but I'm proud of the last name. Um, I'm proud of who my grandparents were. I'm proud of who my, my ancestors were. You represent a lot more. Um, and I knew mm-hmm. that, but especially when you're under a public spotlight like this, like there's a lot of like mess that just gets thrown in your face. And it would be, it'd be like, you know, I don't like say it like passively, but it'd be easy to like just go back and, and it's not even worth it because I know who I am. Like you can literally right. say whatever you can, you can call me in the name of the book. I like, I know who Ryan Ubre is. I know who I am. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so that's probably one of the biggest things I hope, you know, in the same way that I said that, like that couple comes up to me and talks to me and stuff like that. Like, I don't know, there's like a bunch of, there's probably not like little kids watching, you know, married at first sight, but you probably know, not. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope not. Um, but I, I hope from a representation standpoint um, that, that somebody took that away, that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter what gets said. All that stuff is, it's, it's noise at the end of the day. It really, really is. Um, and uh, that stuff's important to me. It is. It's, it's important. It's important to who I am and, and knowing who I am as a person. Well, Ryan, I think that you have a very good head on your shoulders. Your parents clearly did a good job. And I love what you represent. And I'm glad that we've connected. And I really appreciate you just taking the time to chat with me. Can you let everyone know where they can follow you and just keep up with the things that you're doing? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. That's all that I have. I try to keep off social media as much as I can. But you can follow me if you'd like. Good for at, you. <laughs> at, at Ryan Oubre, R-Y-A-N-O-U-B-R. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time today. And to the listeners, thank you for your weekly support of We Need to Talk. Make sure you like, comment, share, review, and most importantly, subscribe. Thank you to Stephen James, our theme song writer and producer. And remember... 
everything begins with the conversation. We need to talk.